0: of Podquisition. I'm your person who does the words, the host. I'm the host. That's the the host, Jim Sterling. And I'm joined as always by Laura. Hello. Hello. How are you this week? I'm all right. I wasn't sure if we'd officially started and got confused and frightened. So my entire intro was confused and frightened. Um, I'm also joined by Gavin. Hello.
1: Hello.
0: Okay, cool. So we have officially started because I heard everyone's voice. Yep,
2: everyone has done words. We are here. Right. Everything is good.
0: We can get cracking on then. Brilliant. Uh, what's been going on? Well, some things have been going on. Um, both Laura and I have uh, had intimate dealings with Sonic the Hedgehog.
2: Oh, my goodness. This week, Sonic the Hedgehog and I have got closer than I thought I could be with anyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I filmed Sonic and and Rouge the Bat and that cat one and someone else having having physics-based almost sex on a bed.
1: I'm going to go ahead and guess this isn't an official Sonic game, then.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: of course it is, of course it is. This is a series of lost uh, Sonic games that were made in the 90s and never made it to retail that have, you know, have popped up on the PC in perfect working PC order in a magical emulator. That's exactly what has happened.
0: Defos for is mate. Um, yes, so th- this has been taken the internet by storm this week. The Sonic Dreams Collection. Uh, this is a supposed collection of of leaked Dreamcast games. Um, I played it for a video. I know Laura has as well. It's it, it, this, it. what what upsets me most about it is not that it's fucked up beyond all belief, but that after the past few years of dredging Steam for the worst of the worst, after playing things like Air Control. It wasn't that fucked up.
2: I know. I had a genuine laugh at it because it's like, I'm not laughing at it. I'm laughing with the game. The creators of this game that is a cheaply made, deliberately, obtusely bad game have made something that is enjoyable to play from a mechanical standpoint and that has well-crafted, amusing, like, jokes of... Distraction where it's uh, putting your attention one way and then left turn and gets you an unexpected laugh.
0: Yeah, like it's. I think that's what upset me was I was watching Sonic, like bad, badly rendered knockoff representations of Sonic and Rouge and Tails and everything squirming around on each other, bleeding, and having <laughs> what was supposed to be like brutal, weird, drunk Sonic sex. And thinking to myself this isn't the weirdest thing i've seen this week carry on
2: <laughs> it's not the worst video game like i've i've seen people charge money for things that are worse than this
0: yeah and that's that's wrong and and my brain shouldn't work that way my brain shouldn't see that and think this is okay so i i genuinely think this might be
2: like frog fractions 2 or something because <laughs> There is some bloody stuff going on with this game that people are still digging into. So there's there's four games on this collection. There is build your own Sonic character, um, where you build a, an original character Sonic thing. And you don't get to like have sliders for the size of things. It's like, I want to change head size, and it will pick you a new random head size. Yeah. Um, it's like your colours randomly change your name selection, which is very deviant art heavy, gets randomly selected for you, and you could have um darkness darkness sad face, the mecca hedge gal hog, yeah that is pink with one hand that is huge and one hand that is tiny and a head that does not fit on the screen and glitches about.
0: And then you can and go take them on And if you try and move it, you adventures. can pull that head off.
1: So they're kind of a <laughs> oh, visual <yes> <laughs> representation of recent Sonic games, basically.
0: There have been uh, a lot of people that pointed out that this is better than... I think Diabetes from RetroPro was like, well, it's better than the official ones. <laughs> yeah, uh, It's
2: exactly. certainly better than
0: Sonic Boom. It's way more entertaining than Sonic Boom. Um, I'll give yeah. it that much. Uh, it's Yeah, there's that. Uh, the next game is... Um, what the, was the Sonic next
2: one? is Eggman MMO.
0: Eggman, Yeah, Eggman Origin. Eggman, Eggman Origins, origin, Eggman which is supposed which to be an MMO. Gym
2: did not work.
0: I got it to work. Yeah, that was the thing, because it says there's no <laughs> network adapter because it's running off a Dreamcast thing. So when I did my video, I just kind of clicked the title screen and left it and then moved on to the next one, but, but Laura found a way to get into the actual MMO bit.
2: Yeah, we will get to... I think it's the fourth game on this list. Something flashes up on a screen that you then have to put into a file that's hidden in the file system and that will emulate a network adapter so you can go play the MMO using the character you created in the character creator, which is something. Like wow. with that level of stuff hidden away, I genuinely think this could be frog fractions too, and that we <laughs> might like, for all we know, there could be something entirely different hidden in here still somewhere that no one's found.
0: From what I know, because I saw some people talking about the the actual people behind this game is they seem to do this a lot, they seem to have this kind of uh, staunch, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, opposition to uh, people sort of delving into things and trying to draw meaning from stuff, and yet seem to have a habit of making these kinds of weird games that people do dig into and are able to draw strange meaning from. Uh, so it's it's been fascinating, uh, really mm. really a fascinating thing. Um yeah, I, thinking, I, I must I, say, I
2: think I think the third game might have been my possible favorite. The uh,
0: I think that was the one everyone kind of reacted the most to was the.
2: the well, yeah. well, I have some reactions to the fourth one certainly, but uh, yeah, the third one is Sonic Movie Maker.
0: Yeah, Sonic you, Movie Maker.
2: You have to go find a camera, and you can position Sonic in a scene, and then take videos with your in. In-world camera Put speech bubbles next to people, and you make little six-second scenes to make a full movie by the end. And
0: it really doesn't—it doesn't really rely on your imagination much. It more or less sets the scenes up themselves. Well, the original to be as one creepy is creepy like, as possible.
2: Well, no, it doesn't start that way though, because it starts with you're in you're in a garden, and you can be happy or you can be playing basketball, and. By the end, it is like, nope, there's an orgy of Sonic characters happening, and you're force-feeding someone, and then you fall out of a vagina.
0: Sonic ends up pregnant and is on a bed, uh, and then you drop balls (laughs) on Sonic's stomach to squeeze things out of his, I guess, Sonic vagina. (sighs) I don't think
2: I've ever been so creeped out by a game as walking through what looked like intestines using, like, a little glowing chaos emerald to light the way and just coming up across, like, the melting face of Big the Cat.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was, weirdly enough, I was more creeped out when I finally found my way out of the these horrible, wet, sticky tubes. Found myself in a <laughs> cot with a giant Rouge the Bat with her legs spread, like, massive, <laughs> over-the-cot looking down at me. And I'm like... Like there's a that's probably fueling a lot of fetishes for a lot of people. I'm not going to say it fueled any of mine because no one can
2: prove it did. You know what makes it even better for fueling that sort of those particular niches? You know who the other giant person up there was? It's your original character you created. Yeah. Your original character and Rouge are up there together and oh yeah. <laughs> and then the last one is an Oculus Rift enabled <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog dating sim where.
0: Sonic Roommate or something, isn't it called? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
2: yeah, something like that. And Dr. Eggman's giving you advice over text message about how you should hit on Sonic, and. Oh, I won't ruin how that ends, but it ends yeah. in a very
0: special way. <laughs> I only got as far as the, the tickling bit where your hands turn into a tickly thing, uh, only because I was able to look. You can look around with your hand outstretched, tickling, so I looked straight down and just tickled my own crotch and laughed. Uh, And then decided Um, to end my video there. I know it gets weirder. I've seen the gifts.
2: Find you need to look deep into his eyes. I mean deep, and (laughs) things happen. But my goodness, yeah, that was. I I was I was sad. I thought I was going to have no weird games to talk about this week, and then unfortunately, everyone beat me to the punch before Podquisition happened. I was like, everyone's already talked about it. Fuck.
0: Yeah, like it's it really has uh, blown up everywhere. Um, but if you want to try it, try it yourself, it is uh, possible. I'm actually just making. I'm, I'm
1: sure our audience are still happy to hear you talk about it, Laura. You are the you know, <laughs> you're the the Elvis of like weird games. You know, you are the the qu- the queen of talking about them.
0: <laughs> but if you do yeah. want to if you want to try this out for yourself, i would said Elvis, but who's to... the
1: best? Like who's the all time great female singer? Aretha Franklin, maybe. You're the Aretha Franklin of, of I, talking happy about with weird games. i being the Aretha games. Franklin of, yeah. of
2: talking about weird sex games. Yeah. <laughs>
0: the Aretha
1: Franklin the
0: urethra, sex games. Some of the
1: girl, the urethra Franklin. Uh, some of the girls <laughs> over here refer to their, um, uh, when they got like a kidney affection or whatever, they say, my Urethra Franklin is killing me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, oh but yes, uh, if I can
2: just get this out. Um, if, Hedgehog... if I ever start, like, if I started just like a solo metal project one day, I am going to call it urethra. urethra effect, effect. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> Go on, Jim. Uh, right. Yes. Yes. Okay. This is the fourth fourth attempt to get this link out. People, right now, they've got they, they they've already lubed up because they've <laughs> heard about the rouge thing, and they're like, just get to the fucking URL. Uh, just hedgehog.exposed and that'll get you there, and then you can you can splaff off to a giant rouge with a thighs part here as much as you want. Uh, Hedgehog dot exposed, and that'll get you to the the leak.
2: And by the time this has gone up, you can uh, go to youtube.com forward slash Laura K Buzz. You'll be able to see me experiencing it in all of my terrified glory,
0: and and it is glorious. Um, okay, well that that was good. That was good. That was good. I finally. That was video games. Yeah, I finally played King's Quest.
2: Oh, how did you find it?
0: I really liked it. I know Rock Paper Shotgun seemed to hate it, but I I adored
2: it. I don't know how to feel about it, because I was a huge King's Quest fan, and I really want to like it, and something about it just isn't clicking for me, and I can't quite put my finger on what. I don't know if it's the, the pacing or the... I don't know, something about it just isn't clicking with me. Like, I don't hate hmm. it.
0: Well, there is no clicking. It, well, there is no
2: clicking. Something's just not gelling with me. Yeah,
0: that's a shame. Like, hmm. I, I, but then again, I didn't have that deeper history with, with King's Quest. So that might have had something to do with it. I get mm. a feeling John Walker like really, really likes the original games, and made... yeah, as, I did have I... to add that as a caveat in my review. Mm. It's like if you were a big Sierra fan, like this is not the Sierra stuff you're used to.
2: Well, this I think that is that is it. There is something that just doesn't feel Sierra about it, and if you go in expecting this to be the next of the old King's Quest games, something just won't feel right to you
0: yeah I mean it's closer on the on the adventure game spectrum it is closer to telltale's work than Sierra's for mm. like definitely
2: and that's not necessarily a problem if you go in expecting that, but if you go in expecting that like however many years have gone by and this is a new game in that series uh it's the same name kind of different game
0: yeah um but yeah like i I loved it and it certainly seems to have, have been a rather divisive game, but i'm Really looking forward to episode two, so that's that's something I did this week. Did you play any can games I, this week, Can then? I tell a
1: story? Can I, I did, I did, I, a game that you guys played as well, but I want to tell, be very self-indulgent first and oh, tell a sure. story. Yeah,
2: mm, Go um, ahead.
1: <clears throat> and this, well, it kind of has to do with Podquisition, because Podquisition uh, indirectly caused one of my life goals to happen this week. I don't know if you guys saw oh, this Oh, I think
2: I saw this, yeah. I may have missed this. But... Uh,
1: the The week before, we were going on about musicians and stuff, and I was going on and on about, like, Devin Townsend, who's been pretty much my favourite musician for two decades. Oh, this, yeah. And uh, somebody, uh, one of our listeners, linked him in a tweet and said, oh, I heard you talking about Devin Townsend, what's your favourite album of his? And I was just saying, oh, it's hard to pick one, blah. And Devin said, thanks. And I just linked him one of my songs, Serona, and told him, oh, by the way, you really influenced this one, so Thanks. And he actually listened to it, and he really dug it, and he was like, "Wow, great work, dude!" Uh, yeah, so I was like, awesome. "Holy Yay, shit!" Well my done, fucking Gavin. hero Yay. just like listened to my tune because of Podquisition. Yay!
2: <laughs> Podquisition, making dreams and happen
1: really as well it. as
0: making nightmares happen. Yeah.
1: Making dreams come true. Um,
0: One dream to um, every twenty-two nightmares, but it's a, it's a better yeah, ratio. It's a better ratio than Kinda of Funny will give you.
1: I um, thought we were going to get a Konami joke there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Played, uh, what the fuck is the name of it? Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Yes. Which, uh, as I said on Twitter, is pretty likely a pub, which is half a mile up the road, and it's just taking them three days to walk home. (laughs) (laughs) Because fuck the controls in that game.
2: (laughs) Did you know that you could run?
1: Yeah, but it doesn't really make much of a difference, to be honest. I mean, it's like it's it, like trying to run home when you're after 16 points.
0: Even if it doubled your speed with the size of that map and everything, mm. like even if you end up down one of the games many dead ends or circular roads, uh, yeah. it would not like if anything. Exactly. knowing about knowing that you have to hold the R2 button for several seconds uh, yeah. and that the game itself doesn't tell you. They are lucky I don't mark the game down even more like just and, out of and the way, anger for bad the way design. the way the
1: map the way the map is designed is fucking horrible because yeah. you can't go in a in a circle around it and find everything. You have to backtrack a lot if you want to see everything. And backtracking at that walking speed is—I oh, yeah. uh, just I don't know what they were thinking. There are I mean,
0: points where if you miss one bit. Other bits won't trigger, and there are two like wow. main storyline things that I walked past where they were supposed to trigger and they didn't, and it ended wow. up with me getting so lost and in this map where it's like, and the lights that you follow stopped appearing after a while, and I was wow. just I was quite literally stranded in the game, and that's kind of where I put it to bed because I'm like I'm not yeah. I'm not walking around here for another five hours. I feel completely yeah. stranded.
2: Yeah, those Those are totally valid criticisms And I do not hold those against you in any way I was lucky in that I seemingly managed to Through pure luck avoid a lot of the dead ends And a lot of the backtracking I sort of lucked into going the right ways at the right times And if you have that kind of experience I really enjoyed the game I very much enjoyed it as a sort of casual laid back exploration Of this sort of mm. Of this world, and I really liked some of the sort of storytelling and the mechanics that were going on, but yeah, I can understand if you got lost in that game, it would be a nightmare to mm. go back and yeah, look around and like, find what yeah. you need. I to mean, find.
1: As, a, as as a simple kind of like, um, I'm sure we're not going to argue stupid botanic arguments over what we should call this, but as one of those kind of walky just explorey games, you know, that's what I'm going to call it. It's not bad, it's good. It's a lot better than Dear Esther, you know, and it just is, the pace of the game to me felt so, I was constantly in, my brain was like, just go faster and I was like pushing on the analog stick harder than I should have been and I just feel like it, 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 the controls were just completely ruined it for me. And it was a pity because it's a beautifully built world. The
0: pace was excruciating.
1: Mm.
2: Mm. The comparison to Dear Esther is really like it's obviously gonna happen um the complaints I've heard about the sort of the pacing and backtracking if you are not lucky enough to hit the right places first time yes definitely i think I think if you're directly comparing the two of them um I think that everybody's gone to the rapture is definitely a more interesting game it's it's a more interesting narrative that's being put together, and I think. Overall, for me, I preferred it as a game, but I think that Dear Esther is definitely a more polished experience that is more sort of tightly wound, and that like it's much mm-hmm. more difficult. It's much more difficult in Dear Esther to get completely lost off track and muddled around for and ages, plus, not knowing what you're doing.
0: Plus, it's not six hours long. Um, yes. So yeah. it doesn't overstay its welcome Like like especially for the amount of actual Narrative that's like I could condense The story of Everybody's Gone to the Rapture To like ten minutes Right but it's, yeah. tra- it's this ten Minutes of actual <laughs> plot that I'm not to be fair, not fucking interested in because I, yeah. as a glorified camera person, <laughs> I find it very hard to be interested in small snippets of stories from disembodied I... voices that that from I have no. From people who are statement. arseholes. From complete pricks. Yeah.
1: Oh I- man, I the funniest thing right is <laughs> I was like reading um I was reading Polygon's review of it and they were talking about um the characters and this it just shows the difference between Jim's approach and other critics right. <laughs> they were saying how like the. I can't remember the exact wording, but they're like, the characters are very flawed and it's a very human experience. And it, like, you know, and they they worded it very, very elegantly and beautifully. And then on Jim's review, it was like, plus everyone in it seems to be a fucking (laughs) arsehole. I do
0: have a certain unique charm in my writing, I feel. It's
2: it's, it's one of those things. I feel like this game should have been the length of, say, Gone Home. And if it had been about the length of Gone Home, people probably would have. I probably would have enjoyed it more gone than I did is, if it had been gone home length.
1: Gone home is the only one of those um, kind of walking simulator in huge inverted comic games that I've really, really enjoyed, and I think it's because they keep giving you new little interactions every, like every ten well, they, fifteen seconds, you he, find something to interact with home. them.
2: Yeah, gone home. Every area you go into. Is something new It's very easy yeah. to mark and identify Okay I've been in here because the lights are on It's very easy yeah. to sort of navigate This is where I've gone This is where there's likely to be new
0: snippets of plot
1: And it's and just it's, the right length
2: Yeah it's very condensed and it's mm. the right length
0: But it's, it, yeah. it succeeds in every box Where everybody's gone to the rapture fails Like first of all mm. the, the person you are controlling Is a character and has a personal stake in the story Which you mm. know is then transferred onto you And giving you more of a personal stake the actual characters are developed and fleshed out and built. You don't just get small snippets of their dialogue. You actually learn about the history of the, the not just the sister, but the father as well, and you actually learn about yeah,
1: and them. the mother. Yeah, yeah.
0: You actually learn and even, about even even the,
1: w- uh, the grandfather. You yeah, and you the house itself.
0: It. You know, you learn about the the house itself. So there's this sense of history and world building and belonging. Like that's one of the big and I things.
1: like how it. I like how it red herrings you with the kind of um, the horror murder plot stuff, and I don't want to spoil too much, but it's it's,
0: it changes. I thought it was really clever. Another important thing is it changes the tone. Now this is something I've been talking (laughs) about more and more in in whenever I talk about game design and stuff, which which I understand is not my wheelhouse, um, and and obviously I could be talking a load of old shite, but like. keeping the same level of tone is something i've noticed more and more in games where they they set the speed of the game and they set the level of atmosphere and it never varies and that's what everybody's gone to the rapture does it never it never changes the dial whereas gone home you get moments of tension of horror of fear of sadness of you know it's constantly changing the atmosphere around you whereas everybody's gone to the rapture is six hours of feeling the same and that can't keep on and, and I say that this is for action games as well action games that start at like, like 10 on the adrenaline scale and stay there with no slowdown yeah. or ramp up like that's the opposite Yeah, like it just tires you out before the end of it there has to be ups and downs, peaks and troughs, that's how we keep things interesting.
2: Well it's like this game started with the most in like the highest of high adrenaline points that you can start with, and you never actually get to see it, which is the rapture. It's the end of days. It's the everyone is gone from the planet. Like you give that as a set piece and that's like, that's usually where a game would, would end. And it's like, okay, we start the game. That cool thing happened. You didn't get to see it. Mm. Yeah. Hopefully the game's going to ramp it's up somewhere similar. It's a really interesting similar. approach. No. Yeah. That
0: was my problem with The Vanishing of Ethan Carter as well. Now, and I, I like The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Mm. Uh, I do think it's a it's a very well-structured game.
1: I really enjoyed that one. But my yeah.
0: biggest problem with it, if, if, if I were to like, mount one big criticism with it, it's the story I am watching is a better story than the one I am taking part in telling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be the guy piecing together other people having a more interesting time. I, I would rather have been a player in that story. Yeah. Like, like, I... I'd rather be in this town of Yorton while mm. this shit's happening.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like Without spoiling too much, I'd rather be in that small English country Somerset town while everyone's, you know dying of whatever's killing them all yeah. and, you know, while while the rapture is happening, rather than well, everyone's gone now yeah. uh, all these like cool things know, happen to I them think, that you didn't get to I see. I think one thing
1: they did well, though, was um for the NPCs, they had a more abstract representation of them because I remember playing Ethan Carter and uh, the world was so beautiful and so well built. I mean, it's one of the best looking games I've ever seen apart from the characters when the characters would pop up, that would really break your immersion because they looked ugly compared to the environment. Yeah, and this
2: this is how you get around it being this is how you get around it being really difficult to make characters on a but on an indie budget.
1: Which I, I like how they ever got ever around faces. that with the abstract the abstract light uh, flashes. Mm. I thought that was a clever idea.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you did. what this is. The stuff we've been talking about is exactly why uh, Amnesia: A Machine for Pigs is the only Chinese room game so far that I've liked. Is because
1: that was sh- a good game.
0: Shit's going down while you're there, and I think mm. that's important. You don't spend your time in a machine for pigs picking up the pieces of a more interesting protagonist's story. Mm. Um, you know, there's a reason I compared uh, everybody's gone to the rapture to a first-person shooter game like Homefront. Is because <laughs> fundamentally. They're the same game. Now, that sounds weird, because one's a first-person shooter and the other is is one of these walkie, narrative-driven games. But fundamentally, you're all you're doing is holding the camera while other people have a way more interesting time. Uh, and I, I have a big problem with that in game design. I feel like you might... That really is the point where you may as well just have written a book or, or done a TV show or given made it a more passive experience. Um, <coughs> I don't appreciate, as a as a, an interactive element in a story, just just having it told to me by other people who have all the investment and I have none. Um, I
1: think it can work, but just it, it needs to be very expertly done well, to work.
0: I think, again, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter um, went some way towards fixing that because it, it gave you... It made you... Even though you were still watching a more interesting story, at the very least, you were involved enough in that you were solving... The puzzles, to yeah, get exactly. to The story you were piecing things together personally, <clears throat> uh, so it it gave you that um that sense of, of belonging in the game's world. Whereas <clears throat> you know, fucking Rapture, you you're just this faceless, nameless fucking thing for like the for. ...the entirety of your adventure walking through it... Uh, ...just observing with no... ...no reason as to why you should be there... ...and consequently no reason as to why you should care... ...for me anyway... Um, ...you know I understand some people got really into it... ...but I just... ...I, I guess it's not the type of player I am... ...that if if I've got... If, if, ...if I'm not... ...like I've played the Stanley Parable... <laughs> ...if you're not able to make me feel... ...as involved in the game's world... ...as that game made... Then you did not win at all. You you lost. That game was
1: just genius. Yeah,
0: like you, you've lost this round, my friend. Um, Mm. I mean, even by the Chinese room standards, if we just look at their games, at least get to the level of a machine for pigs where I felt like I belonged there. I felt like I this had is reason a, to well, be there it's,
2: it's interesting This is a
1: controversial I've, opinion But I preferred Machine to, well, for Pigs to uh, Dark Descent And the reason, the reason was because the Dark Descent I thought it was engaging the first couple of times You had to hide from the boogeyman But it got really old really fast right. And it just wore my patience it's down And it stopped being scary And it started being an annoying obstacle that I had to That's wait out That's always
0: the risk With those stalkery games Like yeah. I love them in theory But too many of them End up just irritating um, yeah. Like
1: it, I think with horror games Like give me maybe Some way to defend myself So the game doesn't Become a chore after a while And then you can Rob it off me again So there you go Then again yeah. I'm scared but Alien you know?
0: Isolation did that Quite well actually They you know, the, the first time you see the alien, you're helpless. Then you learn to kind of manipulate the alien's movements mm-hmm. to get rid of other threats. And then you get a flamethrower to temporarily stave it off. And I, I It's agree a testament that to how I,
1: good that game was that I stopped playing it because I was too stressed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree that Alien Isolation tried to combat that issue. I disagree. I, don't, I did not enjoy the bit in the middle where they give you a flamethrower because suddenly... Like a lot of the tension just melted away for me for a while there, and I was like, "Okay, this is not what I was enjoying about the game," but I I appreciate that they at least did try to have that ebb and flow of it was like, that idea we were dis- yeah mm. I mean, it was
0: that idea we were discussing of um, not keeping things at the same yeah. level, and you I know, appreciate you know, that they tried to do that even yeah. if it
2: didn't work so Outlast, well for me. Outlast,
1: I think, did a fantastic job with that as well, at least for the first half of the game.
2: Yeah.
0: The outlast was pretty good at that it always tra- It changed the way different enemies Dealt with you and therefore <laughs> You had to change the way you dealt with them mm. and, and yeah it, it's just I don't know anyway everybody's gone to the Crapture really oh, It's is, is, is my great like, witticism.
2: I'm I'm not so down on it as you are and I don't Know how much of that is just like I suspect like the backtracking And the speed that well, I, I, think, Laura, the back-tracking, I
1: think the with I think the majority is with you because like it's been getting nines and eights and stuff. And-
2: yeah. Well, as, as I was saying, yeah. um, I think from what I can tell, like the backtracking and then the speed on top, the speed issue on top of that, probably made you more irritated by, though the other issues than you might necessarily have been had you had a more well paced experience with it. I don't know if that's fair to say, because I think like I can see where a lot of your complaints are, but they did not bother me nearly as much. And the difference between our playthroughs seems to have been, I lucked out and I did not have to do much backtracking. Yeah, um, which which I think is um. Yeah. I mean,
1: how it's, dare it's a you have a, design? For how dare stuff. you have a different experience?
2: <laughs> for it. Well, that's it. It's like having <laughs> having had a much sort of more stream, collusion. Having had a much more uh, streamlined experience through the game, I just found that like I did not get irritated by the characters. I can appreciate that it would have been nice to have. Had a, like seen the interesting story rather than the aftermath story and have to hear it secondhand, but I thought the characters were endearing, if arseholes, But they were they were interesting, endearing assholes. The
1: old lady was an asshole.
2: <laughs> yeah, the old lady was an asshole, but I thought she was a fascinating. She's like asshole. such a
1: dickhead to the priest. <laughs>
2: yeah, and that was brilliant. I thought I really enjoyed it, and i i liked I liked a lot of the interesting, unexpected things they did with certain character archetypes. So. I had an enjoyable, if slightly drab, time with it. I was like, "This is enjoyable. I'm glad I played it. I'm not going to go shouting from the rooftops about it like I had hoped I would in advance." Yeah, I was going to ask
0: whether it because I know you were like really looking forward to it. I, like, this I was, was your most anticipated it, game in a long while.
2: It's it's one of those games that like have been looming for a long time that I've just been like. I don't want to know anything more about it until it's out, and when it's out, I definitely yeah. want to play it. And
1: well, I think I, a lot of people shared mm. your experience, Laura. Like, I, I know Gamespot gave it a nine, didn't they? I think <laughs> I think Polygon gave it a seven. <laughs> and
2: I I think I'd probably my experience. Did you see Gamespot's
1: it, video on, on the other day? They said Skyrim Two probably not happening soon. Yes. I was like, come on, Gamespot, <laughs> Skyrim um, Two, really?
2: As, but yeah. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Yeah, I, <laughs> I that's alright I probably would have given it a 7 For my experience with it It was good, it was Disappointing comparatively I guess To what I had hoped for It was not as good as I had been hoping But it was not a bad game by any means It was better than okay I thought it was a good Solid enjoyable game that I'm really glad I played Even even if yeah. it's not like Something that I'm going to race and tell people Yes, you all need to go play this Right here, right now so yeah, that's, that's that um, Also speaking of slightly I... disappointing games I played this week um, I finally went round and took your recommendation Recently Jim and I played some of Knee Deep
0: Right, right mm.
2: yeah.
0: So um, you not a fan?
2: I don't know where I fall on Knee Deep I'm going to come back to it at some point It's weird um, isn't it Okay, here's my thoughts on Knee Deep um, This is the game that Jim mentioned a while back It's a point and click adventure Where you play as a trio of journalists Slash bloggers all reporting on this one murder case that's happening. And I really liked the journalism aspects where it's like, okay, you can pick how you report on your story. Do you want to be edgy or inflammatory or calm? And depending on how you do it, that definitely has an impact on who will talk to you, who won't. Like, if you write something that's non-sensationalist about the uh, the initial finding of the dead body, then that reporter will have an easier time getting information out of the wife of the deceased, for example. I thought that element worked really well, and mm-hmm. I liked the writing of the main character, uh, the main trio of characters, a few of the people they interact with, and I liked the presentation. The problem I had was some really, really janky, uninspired NPC dialogue that sometimes just droned on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's that, and I could not stick with it. I just got frustrated with that. Like, there are several characters that all felt like the same uninteresting like, you know when you have the caricature in media of the teacher at the front of the class droning on from the textbook and they're just Mm -hmm. and everyone's falling asleep as they read directly out the textbook. There were some NPCs that just felt like that. They didn't feel like their own characters, they were just I am going to talk in a tone that has nothing distinct from anyone
0: else's. you Just exposition machines. I don't know
1: what the British education system is like, but in Ireland, that's, like, exactly what happens. That, that's <laughs> it. They, they, were,
2: they were exposition machines, but more than that, they were slow, uninteresting, like, exposition machines that took a long time to get where they were going. And I so it was everybody's
0: to just, gone to the rapture.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. I see what you did. No,
0: and it's
2: a real shame because, like... I really enjoyed some of the the writing. I loved the um, early stuff going in. Mm -hmm. I liked the Scientology Scientology analogue they had going. I liked a couple of the key characters we were interacting with. Um, I liked some of the gameplay elements they had, like I was trying to piece together a QR code to fake my way into a room, and I was enjoying elements of it. But between that, there were just long, drab stretches of exposition that I was not enjoying, and I just kind of stopped. Mm -hmm. So...
0: Yeah, it's it hard to hard to pinpoint that game mm. exactly. It's a. I,
2: I appreciate a your of... recommendation. There are definitely things in that game that I am glad I <clears> experienced, <throat> that are interesting, um, and I'd love to see games do again. But this you know, was not the game for me. Ultimately.
1: You know what I replayed this week for the f- like okay. seventh time. What? Well. But I haven't touched it in like three years. It's Half Life Two, oh,
0: really?
1: and mm. it is astonishing how well. That eleven-year-old game holds up.
0: Yeah, it, it. Every time I go back to it, I'm like, you know what? This, this has aged so finely. I... I mean, essentially,
1: you're a floating camera with a gun, but every single ten minutes, there's a new situation in that game that's unlike anything else in the game. Yeah,
0: it comes back and for to that for, varied like, pacing for an
1: eighteen to twenty-hour game. That is astonishing. I. It's just so well done.
2: I am not that game's biggest fan. I appreciate that I can see why some people love it <laughs> Oh I know I could see why some people love it But by comparison like I think where my problem is is I really got my introduction to Valve's games um, Around the launch of Portal 2 right. I watched some footage of Portal 2 Went and played the original Portal And did Portal, Portal 2 And was like okay this is fantastic This is some of the best game design and writing ever and Absolutely. I went back and played the first two Half-Life sort of in that vacuum, and I was sort of, I can see why people love this. That being said, I, while it, I get the impression it ages really well if you played it when it first came out, um, that experience yeah. holds up well, but it has not well, aged Half-Life well one. in the regard of being able to introduce it to new people and it hold up in that regard. Uh-
1: I'm with you 100% on that one with Half-Life 1. Even the Black Mesa mod, I just couldn't get through because the stupid I, fucking platforming yeah. But
0: I, I, I'm not a fan of Half-Life, the original Half-Life, to yeah. be honest. Mm-hmm. And
2: and I think it was that lack of engagement with Half-Life 1 that made mm-hmm. me sort of have this sort of more detached look on Half-Life 2 where I can see why people love it, but it just doesn't have mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It doesn't there, have that emotional connection for well, me. Well, I think
0: anyone who's listened to you on this show for long enough or, or has followed your work elsewhere, I think it just... It it really shouldn't shock or upset anyone to find that you were um, clearly a much bigger fan of Portal than. Oh the... yeah,
2: Portal. I think. Yeah, like, exactly. Portal Two is like probably in my top three games ever.
0: It is an amazing game. <laughs> but, Speaking yeah. of which, um, I have a playable version of um, a, a game called Portal: Outside Influence, which Ooh. is a, a story-driven mods that uh, Sam Morris is working on, and uh, I I'm in it. As I think the... that is. I think
2: that is the one that I am also in. Yeah, possibly. Um,
0: I'm. i I play. It's becoming.
1: It's becoming a, um, a regularly used phrase on podquisition now. I'm in it. It's nice to see, Jim. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I I need to get around to actually uh, p- playing it playing it for a video. Um, I saw the gameplay demo, a recorded gameplay demo of it, and I'm kind of the. I, I hesitate to say the glados of it because there's no way I'd ever dare to measure myself up to. Uh, GLaDOS as a character or <laughs> voice performance, uh, but I am kind of the, the AI overseer of it uh, and and it, it cool. is even though it's a mod it's still amazing to see Portal with my own kind of voice narrating bits <laughs> of it, it's it's kind of a, a real trip, so hopefully I'll get a video of that up soon.
1: All, all these people giving Jim jo- uh, VA uh, jobs, by the way, hey, if you need music hi, <laughs> <laughs> provided your game's awesome. Well,
0: I'm um, we weren't very quiet Are after you that drinking
1: plug. something <laughs> disgusting?
2: What, me? <laughs> yeah. not, not today. I did drink some disgusting... I heard the gulp
1: and I heard blah.
2: <laughs> no, I did drink some disgusting stuff um, over the last week, but none today. Do you want to hear about the disgusting stuff I had this week? Oh, please.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> let me just go and get a delicious drink before you do that.
2: Oh, I've got a nice <laughs> drink
1: here. I'm not too fussed
2: about you having your <laughs> nice drinks this week. But um, no, I had some weird fan-gifted consumable things this week because I spent most of my last 10 days or so on the road doing convention stuff um I had some bacon flavoured candy floss from the company that made the bacon soda (laughs) it's worse it's worse than the soda was it tastes like like frazzles for about half a second until it falls apart in your mouth and then it just feels like you've got like melted plastic burnt plastic juice in your mouth um (laughs) I had a, a drink from Holland that I don't know what it's actually called, but um, it was dubbed "Sad Christmas" is apparently its colloquial name. Um, <laughs> Sad Christmas. And That's have amazing. you ever have you ever had these like um, spiced oh Christmas biscuits that you can sometimes get from like German supermarkets, like oh, Lidl or Aldi? So. No,
1: like ginger type, sort of
2: ging- gingery, uh, cinnamony spiced biscuits.
0: Okay, I, I, I can you picture the type
2: animals. of thing? Yeah, I yes.
0: think I know so the ones
1: you're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: supposed to be a liqueur that tastes of that. And Ew. it does kind of taste like that, but it also tastes like someone poured some petrol in it. Like, it, mm, it has a vague, like, before you get to the aftertaste, it tastes very Christmassy. And then the aftertaste hits you, and it, the best way I could find to describe the taste was it <coughs> feels like this is your third or fourth Christmas that you're just sat alone at home waiting for someone to call, for someone from the family or a friend to call, none of them called, so you just pound your fourth or fifth whiskey of the day. And this is like, it's 10 a.m., you're five whiskeys in at Christmas. That is what this drink felt like. Um, wow.
1: And the, well, drinking, drinking petrol sounds about the same on the torture scale as having dinner in our family for Christmas. <laughs>
2: um, and the other weird drink I had was... Uh, again, I don't know what this one was called. Um, actually, no, I left my phone upstairs. Um, it was it was a drink from a Holland like music festival, but this was it's sort of like a very grungy like um, like motorbike driving kind of metal festival in Holland, and they did a special limited edition drink for this sort of grungy biker festival, which was served in if you've ever seen one of those plastic like one liter motor oil bottles. Mm-hmm. It was one of those that had the 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 words for um, delicious and disgusting both on the side. Oh, good. Um, and it it was it tasted kind of like flat energy drink, but it was the color of like it was the color of motor oil. It was dark and brown and black and swirling, and I was just swigging that for an evening out of a motor oil bottle.
0: So, I sometimes sometimes find myself wishing I had your life. (laughs) Just just sat swigging shite out of a motor oil bottle. Oh, my my favourite part. I can't
1: say I envy Laura's swigging shite out of a bottle now. (laughs) My
2: my favourite bit of that evening is um, I was doing a talk on music and LGBT representation. And I just, with no explanation, just like pulled out this bottle of stuff and just started drinking it on the panel. <laughs> so, for everyone wow. watching the panel, I just looked like I was drinking motor oil. I was like, yeah, I'm happy with this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've had a weird week of consuming things. Um, thank you, at asperture on Twitter. You really, really
0: shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. My week's actually been quite busy. I'm finally getting fucking. Audio treatment in this office. Um, finally, oh, nice. Finally, nice. yeah, I'm gonna get some. I've placed all the orders. Placed orders for a whole bunch of foam paneling to put in front of me on the wall. Got one of those because um, someone showed me a video of Total Biscuit's set up where he's got like the, one of those privacy screens that like are three panels that are hinged uh, behind him, and I'm doing that. So I'm gonna get. A, I've ordered one of those. That's gonna be behind me with foam. So hopefully, have foam in front, foam behind. Um, that that's, should fix mm, things.
2: That's a really good idea, actually. How much did the the three panel things set you back, if you don't mind me asking? Um,
0: I think we got on because we we first were looking for stuff around here locally, mm. and they were expensive for something that I'm gonna like uh, like thumbtack or tape, fucking foam all over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I think uh, I kind of want to say it was like maybe around about a hundred bucks, even or possibly even less. I think everything <laughs> altogether. Um. The foam paneling, the glue for it, the, the swingy uh, privacy screen—like everything came up to about two hundred bucks. That's um, not it's half a, bad, actually.
1: It's, it's amazing how much reverb you can soak out of a room simply by hanging something in front of you, even a few pillows or a sheet. Or yeah, I, I don't have it set up for the podcast, but when I'm doing vocals for music, you know those um, you know those like bed things you get for when you're camping. Yeah. They're kind yeah. of like foam beds. I just like. I have foam around my walls, but when I'm doing vocals, I whack one of them up in front of me. And it soaks up so much reverb That's,
0: Like I'm just yeah. I've, I've spent so much money on different mics And like throwing good money after bad uh, Trying yeah. to solve things without Because I'm like oh I like my walls they're, they're nice and plain and I can hang pictures up um, I say I can hang pictures up I've got like three of them um, <laughs> Despite plans to have loads of them um, So I've resisted doing it for so long And then eventually like after buying another microphone And having it sound worse than ever Even though it's a better mic Because it just picks up the yeah. reverb better I'm like yeah, it's exactly, time to yeah. give up and finally tr- at least treat this a little bit like it's never yeah. the way that this office is so big and and basically cavernous that there's no way I'm ever going to remove it but by getting some foam up behind and in front of me, um, and then I'm gonna get a microphone right up to my mouth instead sort of balance on a Pringle can like I've been doing um, <laughs> for the uh, for the Let's Play stuff. Anyway, for the gymquisition isn't so bad because I've got it in one of those foamy cages, um, so it reduces it a bit. Uh, but this should finally do a lot of fixing. So fingers. But if do it doesn't, I will cry.
1: Do you guys use pop shields as well?
0: Um, on the gymquisition one, yes, I've got a yeah. one of those metallic. Shields.
2: Yeah, I I have a very uh, very makeshift one which seems to have done a decent job. Um, if you if anyone out there is on a budget and does not have a pop filter or needs one like on sh- no notice, um, a pair of tights stretched over your microphone will do a world of good as a makeshift pop filter. Honestly, in a pinch. that's yeah. what
0: half yeah, of I the have expensive seen, ones
1: seem to be. Anyway. I have seen. People in million-dollar recording studios use a pair of tights yeah, as a pop it, filter. Ladder. It
2: works remarkably well if you don't mind having a pair yeah. of tights stretched over your nice fancy mic. Yeah. So yeah, woo! That is yeah. that is stuff. Mm. Um, we we or have... you could
1: just be like Mike Mike Patton and use the the pops for effect. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: we had a couple of bits of video game news this week. Um, do we want the thing that's kind of a good piece of news, or the bit where we get to shout at Steam Greenlight being a piece of shit? What do we uh, want let's, first? Let's
0: start with. Let <laughs> me good first get. First. Some, let me first get one thing out of the way, right? Yeah. Um. Fuck Konami, right?
2: Yeah. Fuck Konami. S- yeah. Silent
0: Hill Pachinko.
2: Oh God! You what? Know, we. Uh, you know what else has been confirmed this week? Not Konami. Bayonetta patchy slots.
0: Bayonetta Pachinko—it's the new. It's yeah. going to be the new thing for Japanese companies. You know what? I don't mind the Bayonetta one as much because at least you we got may Bayonetta as well be two speaking,
1: last year. You guys may as well be speaking Swahili now because I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Pachinko <laughs> machines are basically like the Japanese version of fruit machines. Like it's it's oh, it's, okay, it's okay. as close as they can get as gambling within Japan's gambling. Is
1: it like video game gambling or?
0: It's it's,
2: it's you you drop. Metal balls and stuff bounces around and things happen. Okay,
1: so it's 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 actually a physical thing. It's not like it's a machine, video game. Yeah. Where, it's a okay. it's a machine.
2: It's kind of like pinball if you couldn't like actually flip the flippers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now
0: I don't mind the Bayonetta one as much because we got Bayonetta two last year. Um, mm. So it's not like the, and it was really good. So it's not like the series is is flagging or has been had a cancellation recently, yeah. Konami. Um, and plus, Bayonetta itself is so tacky and gaudy by design that that kind of (laughs) patchy-slot bright lights and screaming almost makes sense when you do a trailer that starts off with James Sunderland walking through Silent Hill with the music, all that do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, all of this stuff, you know, all of the real thematic atmosphere, and then suddenly it's... Hit the lever! Ding-ding-ding-ding-ding! Hit the lever! da na 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 It's like, what? Uh, what the I fuck? <laughs> I
2: love your impression of Pachinko. That's what uh, it was.
0: Hit the lever. Hit, the lever. Everybody, Daddy, everybody got a fucking gamble now. How dare you.
2: <laughs> That's perfect. Oh, God. Did,
1: you, did you guys go to arcades when, when you were kids? Oh, I yeah. did. Um... There was always this one game in the arcade, right, where we used to go to and it was like in the dark corner and only the older kids were allowed to go to it. And it was this, like, Japanese thing where you would, like... There was, like, a naked girl with her boobs out underneath this, like, image at the front. And by winning the game, you got to see her boobs. And it used to go, (laughs) Lucky, lucky! And we were, like... We would go in there at, like... 13, 14 years old and we couldn't wait for the day we were able to go and look at the Japanese boobs <laughs> I don't know what the game was but it used I, to shout lucky lucky Maybe someone that. in the audience will remember yeah, I what don't remember that one that, was I
0: only ever remember playing, Like I used to go in there and find the bomb jack machine Because I was a big fan of bomb jack as a kid um, That was my, my particular jam
2: I, I feel really cheap. I used to be the child that would go and bring like a five pound note and swap it all into two pence coins and go to the two P machine where you push a two P in and it like <laughs> all lands the on the shelf yeah. and you might get some yeah. more two Ps out because with five pounds you could be there for hours. You could have hours <laughs> of this, gameplay.
1: <laughs> we had an amazing one actually in town where we were where you would pay like ten pounds. It was pounds at the time, Irish pounds, and you got all the games you wanted then They didn't mm. actually have Like uh, You didn't put coins Into the slots You could play all you wanted It was crazy
2: We, we had that as Kind a thing of defeated that you the do. purpose
1: Of uh, mm. the slot yeah. machines
2: Yeah We had that as a thing That you could supposedly do um, For birthday parties And I went on my birthday and was like, birthday party for one, please. And just myself, I paid my (laughs) £7 to be able to, because it was my birthday, just have unlimited credits on games for, like, three hours.
1: You know, I only just just realised that this now, like, how many decades later... Of course that happened, because this was when the home consoles were coming out.
0: Yes, yeah. exactly. I used to live, um, when I was about four, five, 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 six, around about that age, I used to live in Great Yarmouth, uh, which was... a. A Which is the most town. British
1: name for anything I've ever heard. It's one
0: of the most British towns. Great Yarmouth. Like, Great it sounds shithole. like
1: somewhere in fucking Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it looks like somewhere in Bloodborne. Um, there are constantly people wandering around there going, this is a bad curse. Um, but yeah, it was a coast. it's a coastal town. I say it was. I mean, unless it's fallen into the sea already, but it, it, it is a coastal town. Um, and it was really... The, I was there for the last gasp of, of arcades. You know, this was bef- just before the home console stuff was, was coming back, you know, um, sort of, I guess, the, the 16-bit area when it was starting to really um, uh, compete with what arcades could do. Um, and you just... It, it does almost sadden me that we'll never see that again because what? I still remember this, this like, it was... And in like a mile long Like miles long row Arcade house after arcade house mm. Just every single one Just full of stuff <coughs> and There was just, quite a social to
1: aspect to losing Repeatedly at Mortal Kombat Over <laughs> and over again
2: Yeah, The one local arcade that I used to go to Still exists, it used to be branded By Sega, Sega used to run The arcade and they are no longer anything to do with the branding but it's still there it's still on the seafront you can go to mm-hmm. the <laughs> arcade and it's a ton of stuff still there from the, the like early 2000s it's
1: it's a little bit off the topic but it's kind of similar to it isn't you you often see like um, gamers well my age really like in their mid 30s and maybe a little bit older to the age of 40 or so complaining that like the golden age of gaming was then, like in the early 90s. And I, I very much disagree. I think mm. games at that point were still of the philosophy they'd always been, which is that pump more coins, so just make it stupid bastard hard and unfair. Mm-hmm. And yeah. well, nowadays, I think games really started to become an art form for me around the, maybe, I suppose, the N64 is when they started yeah. really...
2: I- I think a lot of the... PlayStation 1, maybe? I think a lot of the reminiscence for games at the very beginning for, like, the older eras of games and these sort of assertions that they are better, a lot of that, I think, just (laughs) comes from rose-tinted glasses because that was when you had time to do nothing but play games. You had, um... What's that thing where you, like, you have to love something because you're stuck with it, um... It's the thing that you get uh, that people get when they're trapped with um, kidnappers. Uh, Buyer's remorse.
0: Oh, so you mean um, Stockholm? <laughs> syndrome. Stockholm <laughs>
2: <laughs> syndrome. That's the phrase I'm looking for. Yeah. Like everyone had, Stockholm, everyone had Stockholm syndrome for terrible games because they couldn't no. afford anything else. Uh, like the, they had their one game and they convinced themselves. You it was speak the best for yourself.
0: Primal Rage was the greatest game ever made. And, yeah, I that
2: think I think a lot of is it is just you had, you had time and you had to tell yourself that your game was the best game ever.
1: Well, I mean, we used to think Altered Beast was an amazing game. You know, no, like, that.
0: That. Altered Beast is. <laughs> Genuinely fucking tripe like, you, I, like I can go back And replay Streets of Rage and have a good time I can replay the old Shinobis and have a good time I cannot have a good time With all the Beast.
2: I convinced myself that the Barbie side-scrolling Platformer on the Game Boy was Fantastic I've gone back to it, it is not fantastic Is it not? <laughs> it is not, I convinced myself it was fantastic It was not by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> Uh so we have video game news. <laughs> oh yeah. Um I'm gonna start with the piece of like Steam Greenlight is shit news. Um there was a game that was on Steam Greenlight and it got through and it was on sale on Steam and it was I'm not even gonna say what it's called because you shouldn't go buy it. Just just listen you to can't. the story.
0: You you could, well you, you can't you can't blame it now. I've yeah. played it. I've still got it. <laughs> I've um, still got it on my hard yeah. drive.
2: Uh, what was the game called? It's. Um... I can't even remember. I didn't even write it down because I wasn't <laughs> going to say me, what um... it was called. Um, so this game was labelled as the hardest game on Steam with like 50 playable levels and um, so impossibly hard that no one's going to complete it. And yeah. people were buying Journey it. of the Light. Journey of the Light. And we people go. were buying Journey of the Light and being like, this is really hard. I can't even finish the first level.
1: Everyone everyone wanted to fucking prove their E-Peen was bigger than everyone yes, else's. And
2: everyone bought it and no one could get past the first level.
1: And they wanted to be the guy.
2: And yep. then it yeah, and then it transpired. The reason no one got past the first level. The first level is technically impossible. And there are no other levels. The yeah. creator lied about further levels existing. Because he knew no one would ever complete the first level because it was uncompletable. And he somehow thought this would be a long term thing that, like, no one would wise up to the fact that there were not actually any other assets. Like, I think, if I understand right, what happened is after people started getting suspicious, they dug through the game code and were just like, there are no other assets. Yeah, like, it didn't take
0: much. People were suspicious because. the developer was the only person who had any achievements um, past the first level, and even then, they only had three achievements. And they're like, "Why don't they have like all of the achievements?" And then dug through the fight uh, the game files and found that uh, all the chapters were there. There were like seven chapters and a bonus one, so like eight chapters, and five of them were just the intro cutscene as different parts of it, and the rest was the the same one level repeated um, yeah, like, code-wise.
2: there were no new assets anywhere to be found, yeah. and it's like, clearly he thought he was going to swindle people with a single level into being like, oh, it's the hardest game ever, and yeah, Steam just straight away, as soon as they realised what was happening, were just like, unconditional refunds to everyone, take your money back, keep the game, even if we've given you your money back, just, yeah, d- we're not letting you be charged for this.
0: Yeah, the uh, game developer tried to claim that they initiated a bug fix that deleted all of the game apart from the one level which was it sounded spurious and weird to begin with and just did not make much sense um so it's like okay can
2: you can you roll it back like right now just roll out an update to roll it back to the previous version can you do that
0: and then that's the thing They said they'd, they'd roll it back And they never did And then told everyone they were sick And so couldn't speak to anyone now Because I'm sick uh, And I can hardly see uh, Which may or may not have been true But obviously it, it just it's They didn't bother engaging Well he, he
2: probably couldn't see Because he was drowning in all that ill-gotten money
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, they, they were able to see well enough to set up a new Twitter account after deleting their old one, though. So so they weren't that blind. And But anyway, Steam took the game down now, so they certainly determined it was a scam. I mean, I, if, if it was not a scam, then it was like gross incompetence on an amazing level. I think uh, to so suggest pick that your my,
2: I think to even suggest that it could be gross incompetence is doing this game more, giving it more credit than it deserves.
0: Quite possibly. I mean, the game itself used um, assets anyway. There was no real original work going into it. It was, it it has all the hallmarks of a cut and shut job.
2: Yeah. Like, this is the worst kind of cut and shut job. Like, he didn't even like download a full finished game from the asset store to reflip. Like, that would have been something because then it would at least have been technically completable. Yeah. But... Uh. I'm sure
1: Valve will learn an important lesson from this.
2: <laughs> uh, if only, if only. Um, And then I think the only other sort of notable bit of gaming news we have this week. Uh, RE2 remake stuff is happening. Yes. So yes. Is, this, is this officially confirmed now that this is happening?
0: I think it's still in the... As far as I... Because I haven't seen the full video that they brought out Yeah, up, but a, a I think... lot of
2: people keep telling me it's confirmed And as far as I understand, at least when this is being recorded um, Initially, Capcom put up a thing on Facebook that was Hey, would you be interested in RE2 getting remade? If so, what would you want from that? Such a dumb um, question as well <laughs> yeah. Do you know it would be
1: really cool if Capcom did As well as remaking the old games, if they made the new games good?
0: Uh. Like the
1: old games. Well, like, so that people actually want to buy that's them. Too the much Resident to ask.
0: Evil remastered remake sold really well. It's mm. like can you can you not take like like like, Square Enix, right? Bravely Default sold really well. Could you not make more games like that? Capcom, Resident Evil Remastered Remake sold really well. Can you not make more games like that? Rare <laughs> Replay became Rare's like top-selling UK game, like their first charting it's, UK it's,
2: game it's in the years. First, Could you not make more like that? That is the first game of theirs that's been number one in the UK charts since 1998 when Banjo-Kazooie yeah. was number one. So like I, like I'd be really ever.
1: curious to know if Resident Evil... 6 hurt them or helped them more Because everyone bought that game Because it was Resident Evil Um Now the vast majority of people I know were disappointed with it But you never know It might have very much pleased The majority of the people who bought it I just don't know
2: As I understand most people who purchased that game Most people who purchased that game were not long time fans of the series And most people seem to enjoy it anecdotally Grey
1: thinks it's the best shooter of the last generation I'm not shitting
2: you Uh, (laughs) If you don't go into it looking for a Resident Evil game It's actually a pretty competent action shooter He
1: he loves it as a co-op shooter To be fair, it it is fun as a co-op shooter But as a Resident Evil game, it's like It just
0: drives me up the wall that there's so much evidence that That you don't have to reinvent the wheel to such a drastic degree and like there is still a big audience for resident like the proper (laughs) style survival horror resident evil yeah clearly because it's it they managed they they make so much money re-releasing the first resident evil every generation and it's like can you not maybe pick up a clue from that that people fucking like this (laughs) and 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 again with the rare replay like like their first best-selling game since fucking Banjo-Kazooie. Microsoft, can you not think that maybe Rare, like, this is their element and you could give them more like that? And and Square Enix, you know, they want to reinvent Final Fantasy VII's combat system even though Bravely Default's turn-based combat system saw it become a really good seller and they were surprised by it. Somehow Square Enix was surprised that the style of game that made their fucking name sold
1: well. Rest in peace, Jim's keyboard.
0: <laughs> I just it, it boggles. I'm going to do a Jimquisition on this at some point. of Just this: the amount of times companies have been slapped in the face with with with. Like, like cold hard marketing fact of, of something they could do That would sell well And please fans And just basically allow them To have their cake and eat it And they won't do it It's like fucking It's like the Fantastic Four Came out this weekend And Sony's confused As to why it didn't do well And it's like Did you not see how well Something like Guardians of the Galaxy did Can you not see that That Letting a director have like call their own shots, letting a movie licensed movie be its own thing actually fucking works.
1: It's like if you want to compete with Call of Duty, make a Call of Duty style game. Don't try and turn Resident Evil into it. Because that just pisses everyone. Well maybe
0: off. just don't try and compete with Call of Duty in the first place because they've already mm. got that market cornered, or maybe look for other markets that aren't cornered yet. Because market mm. leaders got that way by leading the market, not by following it. Like this is such a this is such a simple fucking logic puzzle. Are you following something? If so, you ain't fucking leading it. It's mm. that simple.
1: Here's a question for you guys, and I definitely don't have an answer for this. What do you guys think after COD is going to be the industry dominating game slash genre? I'll
0: tell you what it will when won't
1: when, be. when military shooters kind of lose their pacing.
0: It will not be VR, and no amount of Polygon mm-hmm. think pieces will convince me otherwise. I I think
2: we already have it, and I think it is. I think
1: time. I think time put the nail in that coffin.
2: <laughs> I think. Oh god, yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, I, I think we already have the next Call of Duty in terms of like sheer numbers, and I think it's mm. like League of Legends Justin. and that whole genre yeah. of yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. I think MOBAs that is huge. the next Call of Duty. It's not Do for think us, but come it's. To consoles? That. Um, I think it's only a matter of time until we see yeah. games of that nature come to console, I don't think they'll be as much of a success there.
0: I don't really trying. MOBAs. I know Gearbox have something coming. And, really uh, don't Bethesda. get MOBAs. I don't understand them at all, and I find I've the keyboard so I've hostile that I just can't. Played a bit
1: of, yeah, I've played a bit of Dota with Grey and I've played League as well, but it, they just don't. I mean, I can understand why people enjoy them if they're naturally very yeah. competitive people who enjoy I'll say this,
0: I don't see MOBAs becoming the next Call of Duty. I can see them becoming the next World of Warcraft, or at least yeah. currently they they yeah. are now yeah, the new World of Warcraft.
2: I, I see them being the new console. Uh, the I th- sorry. I see them being the new Call of Duty in the PC space. I don't ever see them getting mm-hmm. to that state on consoles.
1: If they, f- I think, if they figure out how to make Destiny, but well, as in if they do an MMO on consoles that is done much better than Destiny or Elder Scrolls Online. No offense to either of those games, just they're you know they're good games, but they're just not what everyone thought they were going to be. Mm. I think when they figure out how to make a console based MMO, I think that's going to if someone does that right, that's that's fucking money ticket right there. Yeah.
2: Then. So anyway, there is more to the Re Two story. Oh yeah, back got to the rest of uh, yeah, the Re Two. Um, <laughs> sorry, got distracted. That's there. all right. Uh, yeah, so the Re Two story there was initially just the Would you be interested? And understandably, the internet was like, "Fuck yes, we want this." Oh, yeah, fucking yeah. yeah. Then, like, a day later, we got a message being like, We hear you loud and clear, putting this on the boss's desk tonight. And it was a picture of the front page of a design document for RE2 Remake. And, like, first of all, I don't in any way believe this is actually a design doc that is hitting the boss's desk for the first time because of this fan feedback.
0: No, it's... I don't even think they needed the fan feedback. I think this is all them. This is all marketing.
2: This is all the pageantry around, oh, you helped this come to be by being so excited about it. And it's like, no, we were going to do it anyway because it's fucking a gold mine. So they were sort of... Interestingly, that design document did say, like, take four or something on the front of it, which a lot of people are reading in to be like, this is the... Fourth time that they have pitched the RE2 remake to the bosses or something
1: I've, ne- I've never seen anything Like the way us as gamers React to announcements of things I know <laughs> like, no. It's so much just less this remakes, religious experience if you compare- orgasmic joy Like the Final Fantasy 7 thing Was just ridiculous to me because I- A... It, they, they, you don't, you have no idea when it's coming out, and B, it's probably going to be shit no. because it's by Current Square. Enix. I
2: know that logically, but I did shed a tear in that room when that music was playing. It was hard playing. not, to, was hard not a, to. Oh, my emotions! We are
0: disgusting. We are disgusting consumer ants. Dude, and I you, hate you, it and you,
1: love it. you saw me the day the Fallout Four trailer yeah. came out. <laughs> yes, yeah. I did. You um, know, you, I mean, you I mean, straight away. <laughs>
0: let's
1: let's be honest here. It's not the best looking game in the generation. And I was there on Twitter going, it's so pretty.
2: I think it's you know? no surprise. Like it, <laughs> this is a medium that is entirely predicated on the idea that we have agency within these products. And as such, we have a higher level of immersion, but also sort of like a commitment to those products. Like they're long term investments, investment. of time and money that we engage with on sort of a more age, agency driven level. I don't think it's any surprise that, like, when something does get remade, it brings a lot of nostalgic feelings flooding back and a lot of hours we poured into something.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's the no only entertainment... We, yeah,
2: we go crazy for it.
0: It's the only entertainment genre where we demand remakes, where everyone else is, like, telling them to fuck off. Yeah, like,
2: you wouldn't you be like, I want a think, remake of this album. I think, album. It is,
1: I think it's, it's understandable in this medium that we get more remakes because uh, it's... It's, games are a lot longer than movies, and you it can only un- watch yeah. an hour and a half movie a number of times, but with, with a game, it's so long, you're not, you know... Plus, 10. the technology yeah.
0: changes so quick that games age yeah. faster, so yeah. it is, it's It's yeah. getting a, a modernised version of Resident <laughs> Evil 2 is a lot more exciting than the idea of just going yeah. back and replaying, so which I did come recently. On, come on, CD
1: Projekt, Witcher 3 HD <laughs> remake, let's go. <laughs>
2: but,
0: yeah, so, like, as, as I was
2: saying, I don't think that, like... This isn't a real design document, like, because no company would ever actually show you a design document for a game before the game has been pitched to the bosses at that earliest stage. Like, if they're doing this pageantry, the game is coming, as far as I'm concerned. Even even at this point, if it's not officially confirmed... We're basically at the practically confirmed stage. Yes, we're at the stage that we were at when it's like, oh, the Fallout, Fallout 4 counter website's gone up. It's like, yeah, okay... This is as good as confirmed. Even if it's not confirmed, we all kind of know what it is that this thing's happening.
0: Yeah, they're just they're playing around, and, and fair yeah. dues to them. You know, it's 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 not a, a bad marketing idea.
1: I do, I do kind of love seeing it though. Like every time something huge happens in gaming, I don't think there's any other medium that quite has the same reaction on social media of just these outpourings of joy. And it's it's even if it's. Sometimes a little naive. It's still a lovely thing to watch. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so, nice so many to be part people of,
0: of that kind of mass appreciation for something. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's why I love E3. I mean, people are so cynical about E3, but it's like I love it. It's so much fun watching <laughs> now, everyone you, get excited. You say
2: you know? that you love E3. You didn't have to sit through a, the PC gaming show. I loved E3. Oh up no, that I point. did.
1: I watched it. No, no, no. You we watched, watched it.
2: it. You weren't stuck there. You had the option to get up and <laughs> go get a drink if you wanted. Like a piece of my soul died during that part of E3.
0: <laughs> it's still there, it's just yeah. haunting the building. There is a
2: bit of me that is just constantly like weighed down because there's just an anchor point over in LA that's like <laughs> tr- trying to drag me back. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else we I can don't say know. on I, RE2. Would,
1: I would have just... happily sat through that to get to experience the rest of the E3 experience.
2: <laughs> if it had come at the beginning, I'd have agreed. Coming it's at the different end, for it was... a
1: journalist, I think.
2: Yeah, it was a difficult thing where I had to sit there being like, is any of this new? Is any of this new? Is any of this new? No, no, I'm wasting my time. Okay. Mm. I could be yeah, doing PC important conference work during was... this. Thanks.
1: They may as well have just rolled a tumbleweed across the stage yeah. and called it a night. Like.
0: Yeah. Some people get really angry when you suggest it was shit. I'm like, okay, I know that you really want a PC conference to be a thing at E3 every year. Yeah. You don't have to defend this to get it. It's like, demand demand better. Have some dignity.
1: Yeah,
2: exactly. You deserve better than what we got here. Um, yeah.
1: but Here's all the shitty broken parts we're getting this year.
2: Yay. <laughs> um, so, other bits of. Uh, we had some questions this week. Now's probably a good time to go to questions. I think, yeah, let's isn't go it? to
0: questions. Yeah, we're That's already. Hiya. They're already over their read. hour. They're so over their hour.
2: We, we got a couple of questions. So,. Um, James on Twitter wants to ask, um, when this episode goes up, it's going to be A-level results day in the UK. Um, What advice do you have for those getting their exam results?
0: Um, There's a McDonald's in every town.
1: (laughs) Do you want my honest advice? What? It it doesn't matter.
2: I was about to say very similar advice. Um, I've
1: always said this. Education is a tiny aspect of the grand... Circus that it's one ring in the fucking eight ring circus of life, and there are so many other things you can do, and so many other paths you can take, and so many other roads you can walk. And don't worry if you do shitty, because you can always go back. At least in Ireland, you can always go back as a mature student in four years. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I I hear like it's very hard to explain to someone like when if they get bad exam results to say like oh no, there's other avenues you can go through in life, particularly if. That's what you've spent the last couple of years dedicating yourself to, is thinking, this is what I'm going to do with my life, and then it falls out from under you. And, like, serious answer time, I completely messed up my A-levels twice. Um, I came out of my GCSEs, I did really well in my GCSEs, and went to do my A-levels, and fucked up really hard the first time. Um, went back to reset my exams, fucked up a second time. And I was distraught. I came out of that being like, my life is going to go nowhere, because, you know, I'd been... I'd. I had thought my entire education career was right: maths and three sciences. Go to university, study those, do something with a degree based on those. Go into maybe like some kind of field to do with like um, aviation or something. And I had no idea what to do because I was distraught on that day because everything fell apart. And I was like, "I have no qualifications. What do I do?" Um, and kind of my my point is like at the time it was it was incredibly distressing, and I. Totally get that. If you come out of your exams tomorrow and you don't have the qualifications that you wanted or needed, that is really horrible. That being said, it is true what people say that like that are other avenues to get where you want to go. And like, look at where I'm at now, as someone that was trying to go into an education career of like university to study maths and science, um, I had I had failing grades at GCSE in English. And I worked my socks off and ended up as a writer in the games industry, which has nothing to do with anything of what I was going for. Because I just did other stuff. Like I got a shitty retail job, worked it while doing other stuff and made a new career. And it's like, it is true what people say, there are other avenues to go down. If you fuck up your exams, it is not the end of the world. If you think of something, like find something that you want to do with your life, you'll find a way to make it happen.
1: What I was going to ask you, have you seen the the video by Boy in a Band about yeah. school?
2: Oh, the uh, Don't Stay in School Don't subjects. Stay in School. Yeah, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's it's rather fantastic. It's brilliant. Basically, uh, contrary to what the title kind of implies, it is about many of the failings of the current education system in the West and how it's There are many. Yeah. Basically to do with Mm. the fact that it focuses on test scores and Um, like teaching for tests.
1: Memory regurgitation rather than life skills. Rather than life
2: skills, you know, schools don't tell you the laws in the country you live in or how to perform basic first mm. aid or how to do taxes or do
1: your taxes or get a mortgage I (laughs)
0: deliberately I deliberately decided I wasn't gonna go to university when I was Mm. in college. Now for, for American listeners that's me saying I chose not to go to college after high school uh, just so that they, they're they with us on this because yes. they, they call them different things. <laughs> so I was, like, 17, and I was like, I'm not going to university. My teacher was pissed off because she had some record referral rate of getting people into universities and, and was pissed off that me and my friend said no. Um mm-hmm. And tried to convince us otherwise And actually sent a letter home to my mother And said uh, we feel that his decision has been influenced And she, they sent another one to my other friend Which is with the names changed It was like we feel his decision has been influenced By his desire to sit around In dark rooms wearing sunglasses With his friend Leo um, <laughs> And she sent the same letter to Leo's uh, mother Saying the same thing but with my name in his place uh, Which we did do We sat in dark rooms wearing sunglasses to creep out And, the and now students. you
1: make 11 grand a month by sitting in in dark rooms wearing sunglasses. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but I, <laughs> I was going to get onto that bit. Um, but I decided not to go to university because... Uh uh, I realised that what had happened was school had done nothing but prepare prepare me for college, mm. and college had done nothing but prepare me for university. And it was all this constant shrinking of options down until I could see it. All I, w- all I was going to do was get squeezed out the other end. I was going to get squashed out of un- university's anus with nothing but student debt and an inc- a laser-focused qualification that probably wouldn't get me a job. Mm. So I was like, you know what, fuck this. Um, my it- mother, being as supportive as, as she always has been, of my life uh, the very next day after college had wrapped up officially marched me down to the dole office so i could sign on and bring more welfare money into the house um, and <laughs> just to keep up with family tradition um basically gave me no encouragement or time to look for a career or a job uh, and got me basically in the rut that my family had always been in uh, and and just kind of perpetuated that and kept me um like in that kind of area, and that was soul destroying, and I was basically unemployed for a while. And when, even when I did get a job, it was I was treated like such shit at the job that I ended up uh, working out I'd make more money being unemployed again than I would be employed. Um, and eventually, got myself fired from that job for a bit, and then then worked in the cab office before I went with Destructoid. Um, so I ended up very, uh, very aimless, very depressed. Um, very, it, it was a horrible time, and. And, uh, you know, felt like I'd let other people make all the decisions, you know, shunting me into going along with the education system because it was the thing to do. And then going into basically long-term unemployment because that's what I was encouraged to do at home. Um, And and that's what
1: school pretty much prepares most people for. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: So it wasn't until I then sat back and said, right, what skills do I have? Not the skills that, that the... You know the job centre tell me I have, where I'd say to them, well, I'm good at writing, and they'd look at me confused and go, so stacking shelves. <laughs> um, I looked at what skills I actually had, what I was good at, um, and what I was interested in. And a friend of mine was like, well, look, you you really like to write, you really like video games, like pursue that. Mm. Uh, turned out he he was actually. Um, uh, he had worked as a programmer on Tattoo Assassins, the legendarily terrible <laughs> arcade game. And was like, tell you what, I'll tell you like all about the making of that game and you pitch it somewhere. Um, and then that's how I got my, my one article in IGN, Insider. Um, wow. But yeah, the, the idea was, was was once I actually had a, a, a real focused idea on my own skills and what I wanted to go for, that's when I... F- like found the doors that I needed to open. Mm. Now I'm not saying that luck isn't part. Luck is a huge, yeah, luck part, is a of huge part of it. Yeah, luck is a huge fucking part of this. But just to an because, extent, just because you uh, there's, there's
1: a huge, there's a huge extent in life to which luck means you, you fucking work hard for a long time oh, yeah, and, I'm not don't, and don't don't let yeah. rejection yeah. stop you. Yeah, I mean hard luck often translated into didn't give up when you got rejected
0: there are many factors you know there's luck there's privilege there's hard work there, there are many yeah. different factors that go into your success and I think I agree with Gav when it says that your actual qualifications are they can be very important but they could also not it ultimately
1: depends like, on what I, you I, decide
0: I, to go for and do with what you well, have I, like I'm, work with what I, I you've I failed got.
1: sound engineering in college and I'm a professional music producer oh, yeah. you know?
2: I, <laughs> I failed my English exams at GCSE and did not f- pursue that in further education and I am now a writer and an editor for a living. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll tell you oh, what.
1: Laura, the same because you know our our education system. They split English into two different papers, right? Mm. There's the creative, yep, and there's the regurgitative. But <laughs> your exam result is based on an amalgamation of both. Yes. So I would be getting A pluses in the creative writing every fucking time, and all the mock exams all through the year. A plus, A plus, A plus. But when it came to learning fucking quotes from Othello, I couldn't do it. I would sit there for fucking hours reading the quote again and again mm-hmm. and again, and the next day try and remember, and I couldn't. I, I, and I, I So I, fucking, I failed English.
2: I fucking killed it in English when it was, like, um, <laughs> criticism of, of mice and men, and I basically was like, I don't know what to do with the other half of my exam, so I'm just going to double up and just write a fucking ton of criticism of this <laughs> book, so... Yeah, criticism was a thing I was okay at, but I think Jim nailed it really well when he was talking about like shrinking options as you go through the education system. Like no knock if educate the like continuing through the education system is what you want to do. But if you find yourself that that as an option, the right way to look at it as it is when you leave the education system, like at the end of A-levels, you suddenly have a lot of options open to you in terms of re-evaluating where you actually want to go in terms of your choices in life and <laughs> you can stu- like, because where I was, I was like I'm funneling myself down maths and science and dropping out of the education system meant I was able to say like, what do I actually enjoy? I enjoy writing, right what options are there for me to pursue that yeah. route now I'm out of because <laughs> I'd failed at GCSE, there was no way for me to incorporate writing into where I went down the education route so sometimes it's just your Let's reevaluate. Where do I want to yep. head? Because I got a lot and of options sh- and- now.
0: Quickly, <laughs> since we're sharing, um, since we're sharing qualifications, um, I've got a C and a D in in performing arts and drama. So, so nice. two shitty nice. qualifications in a shitty subject, <laughs> and uh, and it was shitty because it was from it was fucking Orpington College, and that place was a shithole, and their drama department shut down now. Um, and and so you know, and I'm I'm doing all right for myself, so. <laughs> So, yeah, it it really does come down to working out what you can actually do, not what the education system's told you you can do. If you drop out at
2: A-levels, it's not the end of the world.
1: Another huge failing, I think, of education is social education. I mean, Mm -hmm. if there's one thing I could say to remember for, for people, especially younger teens in school, is that, like, the social cliques and the social structure in school, once you're out of school, that's gone forever. Like I I can only speak from personal experience, but I was like mercilessly bullied for my first three years yeah. in secondary school. Completely um, Like horrifically like I was treated
0: s- I was treated like such shit at school. I am st- mm. I still have an instinctive fear of children. Like um, yeah. I, <laughs> the children of that age level, I will actually I've actually well, my, like my fears of jocks. I'm not as bad as I used to be, but like there are times I'd actually like walk half a mile out of my way to avoid mm. a bus stop where some kids were hanging out. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I had like a genuine, deep rooted like I... phobia.
1: Of but just I am totally if, if for young people <laughs> who are getting bullied in school. Just remember, you're going to probably be the most interesting people that come out of that year because yeah. people get bullied for being different and for standing out exactly. and i remember in it was in my fourth year school my father died during the summer and when i came back to school i had shaved my fucking head i had like slayer t-shirts and <laughs> had learned guitar and was doing a lot of fucking drugs and stuff and suddenly i had these people who were the cool guys in the class going oh man you f- you're like really cool now and i was like yeah, but you're still a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not just a cunt, but you're a shallow cunt as well. Uh, you think I'm cool now because I do drugs? Wow, what a cunt! <laughs>
2: I I had very similar experience at school. Uh, there were times where I remember once I got pulled by my backpack halfway down a flight of stairs, thrown on the floor, and kicked in the face while people watched and did nothing. Uh, nice. Very. I, I got Lovely. I got held at knife point once. That was fun. And
1: Kid, kids know, are so compassionate.
2: Kids are so compassionate. And I eventually flipped out and smashed someone's head into some porcelain when they tried to uh, beat me up in some some toilets. Um, (laughs) Just completely caught them off guard, smashed their face and turned around to their friends and said, do you want some? And they all ran (laughs) off. And after that, everyone was like, oh, you're really cool. And I was like, fuck off. You don't get to say I'm cool because I beat someone up. That's not like I did a terrible, horrible thing. I am not cool. If you think think I'm cool now, fuck off. I am better than you. Mm. I am your god.
1: And it, it all ends when you leave school. It really does. Yeah. It and does. And I think all that's an important very, thing for young people to remember. Yeah.
2: It goes away very, very quickly when you're able to walk away from people who are assholes.
1: <laughs> I I don't think it's an unfair thing to say that this would apply to a lot of like very passionate gamers because gamers tend to be introverted people. And you know, I, I that's a huge generalization, obviously, but um and nerdy people do tend to get bullied in school But just remember, you're going to be the more interesting people when you leave school Yeah, so. you'll, you'll leave school and, and
2: one day you'll have a podcast about butts And it'll be great <laughs> Yeah <laughs> And everyone will be like, fucking hell, you're cool, you talk about butts And I'll be like, yeah, I, I'd have got beaten up in school if I talked about butts But now I am the queen of butts <laughs> I, Oh my god The I urethra be, Franklin of butts I am The urethra Franklin of butts
1: So basically our message is Fail at school, become the Uri, the friend anymore. <laughs>
2: oh, like jokes aside, don't, don't fail at school. If you, don't for fail the at school <laughs> if you don't want to. But if you are like, if you're a bit of a weird person that no one seems to like, and you know it can and you fail your exams, it
0: can all get better. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. My, my, and there's my, a million other weird people out there who will fucking love you for the, your weirdness. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's our that message to the young team.
2: Yeah keep it, keep a hold it, of your weirdness brand it into a patreon and uh, everything will turn out fine. Um side note there was some fantastic um fan art this week that I absolutely loved that uh, someone on tumblr did of me sat on the throne of butts and it just has this speech bubble that says I have won the game of butts and uh, you say
1: you say sat but it's more like oh suggestively I'm, sprawled. I'm I'm
2: I'm requesting to be drawn like one of one of someone's french girls. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, just, my legs just crossed enough to cover up my crotch And I really like that picture Of me just draped across the, the, the throne of butts
1: It's it's fantastic I have to say so, It's really well done And her picture of Jim was was really good as yeah. well So
2: if you drop out of If you drop out of your exams And are a bit of a weirdo Then one day someone will draw you on a throne of butts And it'll be great <laughs> Um, do we have time for one more question? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we do. only
0: answered one so far. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. We, we,
1: I think we. I mean, I think they like long episodes, don't they? So
2: they do. This this has been this has been its own weird little kind of episode this week. I don't quite know how it's going to go. Over. I like I this people, episode. I, I've enjoyed this one. This is one of my
1: favourite episodes.
2: I, I hope <laughs> other people like this one.
1: It's <laughs> um, one of my favourites.
2: We had an interesting question from Declan Snake. um, which initially seemed like a stupid question, then I got thinking about it. I was like, actually, this is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, should there be a strikes system for people who make false DMCA claims? And initially that seems like a very straightforward question. It's basically like the, should the slaughtering Ground developers only be able to make a DMCA claim against Jim, let's say, three times and... If on none of those three times they actually follow it up with a court case, then that's their three strikes. Right,
1: right now, there shouldn't because the legal rules and 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 the methods that people used to do all this shit is too broken. Well, to yeah, make that fair. this is
2: what I was going to say because like the kind of question that I think rolls off of this is: sh- would such a system help creators like say in this in the, example, Jim? And
1: in the current infrastructure, I think that could be a disaster for yeah, creators because it's.
2: I, I got thinking about it, and I don't know if... Like, I think, Jim, I'd be interested to see what you think on this, but do you think there would be a potential... Let's say that, in this example, the Slaughtering Grounds developers were on their second strike, and they... DMCA claimed a third a third one of your videos, and you were like, no, I'm not going to back down, because they're not going to fucking do anything with a court case or anything. And they decide to go ahead with a court case, because they don't want to get in trouble for their third strike. Like, do you the, think the that Internet. is a kind of situation that would occur if there was a three-strike system for
0: claims? Probably not, because um, I think what really what these companies are doing it for is not because they feel they've they've had their copyright infringed on. They do it out of spite. Uh, they want to inconvenience you for two weeks. And I think to a company like Digital Homicide, it will probably be worth using their third strike just to get at someone a third. Although, let's face it. I mean, so far I've never had. Even right now, with no consequences, I've never had a single developer hit me twice. Uh, I don't know whether YouTube stops them from hitting multi- like the same channel multiple times if they fail the first time. Um, all I know is Cobra Studio have never hit me again, Digpex never hit me again, Cobra, uh, Digital Homicide never hit me again. That's interesting. Uh, I,
2: I thought at least one of them had done it a second time. I'm obviously wrong, I guess. No, no. They've. Mm. they've
0: They've had tantrums in different ways, but there's never ever, been
2: another claim.
0: They've never exploited YouTube's takedown thing more than once, and I don't know whether it's because they've been barred from doing it or because they just they realised it didn't work and didn't bother again. Um, but it's it's kind of a knee jerk lash out thing, and I think once they've had the two weeks to cool down, they kind of don't pursue that route anymore. Um, but I do feel that there does need to be some accountability on their end uh, right now. Right now, the system is so horribly weighed in their favor. There's no risk to them. There's no um, need to invest from them. All they have to do is file it and just sit back and let someone have their channel fucked with for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's not right because... They can do it practically anonymously. They they, they can have an email address and, a, and they've got to provide a legal name. But I have to give them my full legal name, my home address. Like, like I have to dox myself to the, to unstable mm. people like the digital homicide people. And that's scary. Like, that's I've started, like, just using my regular channel name and my P.O. box anyway. Because it's like, you know what, they... they that if if legal papers ever get served, they'll get to my PO box. Like I've given up giving any more deep personal details than that. Because I'm like, why the fuck? should... They don't have to give me their details. Why should I give them mine? Especially when they some of them are fucking wackadoodle and and clearly irrational and spiteful. Um, it's not fair at all. And the fact they can keep doing this to channels and suffer no consequence. I do not believe that is fair and right at all And mm. I understand this idea that a strike system for them could be a disaster But you know what, a strike system for people in my position is a fucking disaster already So exactly, yeah. put the weight of responsibility on their shoulders, not fucking mine
1: I, I think it's going to be at least <clears throat> another decade before the internet loss I mean, it's, it's the Wild West do you know, internet law is basically like a bunch of ones and zeros running around going, go, I want you to put that noose around your neck. You yeah. know, it's like fucking, there's just no, it's fucked. It's what completely fucked. What ultimately has
0: to happen is for someone like Digital Homicide to actually... Spine up and take someone like me to court. Mm. And it needs to precedent, have its day yeah. in court. I mean, I you you heard him. <laughs> I, honestly, like I've done I, when I spoke to Digital Homicide personally, I was like, "Serve me the papers. Let's have let well, you, you guys this know. Out. Let's set you guys know
1: like how broken the system is. I got claims for using my own music. <laughs> yeah, you know."
0: <laughs> Well, we saw that recently where Adam Sandler's movie Pixels, they had a company go on Vimeo and take down any video with the word "pixel" in the title, including their own trailer. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty fucked up, isn't it? And just the the fact that they can do this with no sense of responsibility. It's because do you know what
1: it is? It's because these fucking nowadays the the big companies have robots doing it. Yeah, robots are fucking dumb, man.
0: Robots robots are sending takedown requests to robots. Um, you know, this was evidence... I'm actually, you know... When I'm, Digpex I'm... took my video down for Skateman Intense Rescue, they basically told Kotaku their claim was furious and they knew it. They said straight up they've no intention of taking it to court, they know they wouldn't win, they're doing it just to try and, like, inconvenience me. And I emailed that confession to YouTube and all they did was send me an email back... With the same message they sent me when I had the takedown in the first place. Like, it was so condescending and clearly automated. And, and they, they have no oversight. And I realise they've got a really big channel, like, a really big site, and, and human oversight is difficult. But, well, tough
2: shit, Yeah, you know? It is this whole huge fucking problem where the internet is an international thing that... Individual countries mm. are trying to regulate on a exactly. national level as if the internet were something that doesn't exist outside of like nations' borders, and like it's the it's the um, the extension of things like when you see oh this YouTube video is blocked in this country, and it's yeah. this treatment of the internet like it is something that does not exist on a global scale.
1: Germany, like I got so many messages from fans in Germany saying, "Why can't I watch your videos?" I'm I like, get well, that. Yeah. Talk, yeah, talk to your government. Yeah, yeah. It's not my fault. It's
2: such a weird thing, the internet, and like there needs to be some international body formed that starts working on international internet regulations. And
1: I think the nature of the internet dictates that that is nigh on impossible, though, because <laughs>
2: yeah. it's
1: not. It's not like with kind of Hollywood ruling the world of movies, or you know. Interscope and Universal rule the world of what you see in music, but it's the internet. There's no one country has the power to pull the plug on anything, you know. Or they do they? Trying, do do do, 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 do <laughs> triangles.
2: Um, we have. Do we have time for one last question to squeeze in? Yeah. Um, so we got yeah. we got a last little question in from uh, Screw Pixels on Twitter. If you could design one game to add to the Sonic Dreams collection, what would it be?
0: It would involve Rouge the Bat. And I probably shouldn't say any more than that.
2: (laughs) I would like to create the game in which, you know, it starts off nice and innocent. You are um, bouncing on a space hopper race. You're doing a space hopper race around a field with Sonic and friends. And as you bounce, these start going higher and higher and getting more and more squashed as you go. And as you go through, you're trying not to... You're trying to go further and further. you try not to pop the space hopper. Pop the space hopper. You land on your backside. It's not going to be a good time. You might, you know, accidentally burst your backside. A whole host of things are going to start happening from there. But I'll, I'll stop there. So it is a space hopper race would... in which you have to balance distance space hopped versus the risk to uh, considerable damage when you land. And that's going to be very visible damage.
1: I would make Spinecraft, which is basically like Minecraft, but for parents who think their kids have ADD. So you're basically Sonic, but in Minecraft, so everything's a million times faster. And then the kid at the end of the level gets their, like, drug to calm them down. And the parent can be all happy thinking that they fixed the kid.
0: That's... Some, that's- that's some good wordplay and a little bit of social commentary. So, Gav has won the day. Um, but, but basically, my game would be about like me deep kissing with Rouge while she tells me I've got
1: great hair. Of course, it would. I mean, who is just... Rouge? Uh, you know what? I'm going to Google Rouge right now.
0: Um,
2: she's she's a bat. She's in Sonic. She um, she, she is um, she's very beautiful. You can fall out of her vagina. before <laughs> well, we do our goodbyes, is it worth hinting at who we've got coming on the podcast next week?
0: Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's next week, guys.
0: Okay, I'll do a little hint. Also, um, before we sign off, it's probably worth pointing out that that fans of my earlier podcast work will be wanting to tap their download buttons at (laughs) some of the comedy we'll have coming next week that was subtle wasn't it
1: we're we're really going to take next week's show to the max
2: i'm really tempted whoa, whoa. To, i'm really tempted to eat some peppers next week and find out how many Scovilles they
0: are i tell you what right next week is going to be a real max scoville of an episode
1: oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh, i still yeah. haven't figured it out who is it
2: max <laughs> max uh, max who what Max Caulfield off of Life is Strange Max Caulfield is coming on next exactly. week
0: that, That's the definite one yeah. um, Laura quickly while they're distracted um, Tell them what you do that they can look at
2: well, I don't want to do it while they're distracted I want them to pay attention to me um, a-
0: Everyone stop Stop looking for Max Caulfield <laughs> Or Max Schofield, who we definitely not got coming on next week Under a rock And come over here and listen Laura's got something to tell you I've got
2: something to tell you uh, You can find sorry. me on my- <laughs>
0: Why
1: not? You know, I'm kind of amazed in 38 episodes that that's the first time that's happened.
0: I was going to stop and
2: restart, but fuck it. Um, you, can find me at, you can find me on pretty much everything at Laura K Buzz. That's Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Patreon, YouTube, what have you. Um, if you go on YouTube when this episode goes up, I will have a Let's Play of Sonic Dreams collection will be up by then. i uh, just finished doing... Um, Beyond Good and Evil 2 And I've still got Katawa Shoujo happening So come see me play some some Dating sims and some weird Sonic games
0: Excellent um, Gavin You're kind of a pop star as you just demonstrated With your wonderful tune just then um, Where can people find out more about your Wonderful work?
1: You can come along to my YouTube channel uh, Miracle of Sound which is now Officially Devon Townsend approved Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> officially <laughs> And follow me on Twitter, Miracle of Sound, to hear all the updates on the music. And let me just say there are song ideas falling out of me at the moment.
0: Nice. So, Mm. yep, you heard it here. Lots of great tunes so, and Not really so arrogant. subtle hints
1: again
2: that, that there t- That <laughs> took me a second to pick what you were hinting at But I was like, oh, oh. You're going to do a song about uh, Sonic Dreams And falling out of Rouge's vagina, right? Yes, that's, it's going to be a song falling, about falling falling Sonic song.
1: the Hedgehog getting bullied in school With uh, Max Goville and you beating the shit Out of some bullies in the and toilet And then you
2: fall <laughs> out of a vagina That bit's important Yeah, yeah. You, you definitely yeah. fall um, out Of a vagina Fall out
0: fall out, right, in, in Boston uh, after the apocalypse. Yeah, the
2: vagina's in Boston and you fall out of the
0: vagina And
1: I'm really looking forward to doing this song.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to listen to it with my Bethesda ears. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Oh, I, I never get them right. Um, thank you all for listening. I uh, hope you had a, a good time. We had a great time doing the recording, clearly, because we're all, yeah. all smiling and happy. I have to
1: say, this is one of my favourite episodes. I like it. I was, I was in a pissy mood today before we started this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I always leave the recordings grinning. Like, I mm. Honestly, this is one of my favourite um, productions to do. Um yeah. And, and I think it shows, and I think people are enjoying it. Yeah. And they better fucking enjoy it. Uh, so that's that. Um, enjoy it. If you don't enjoy, enjoy it. it,
2: I will smash your face into some porcelain. I've done it before, I'll do it again. There's precedent
0: yeah. for that. She, we did an hour and killer. 40
1: minutes this week for you.
0: me, yeah. So, so yeah. the least you could do is go on Shark Robot and I mean, after t-shirts.
1: editing, that's going to be at least six minutes long. So, <laughs> at least, you know, at least six minutes, at least and at least li- half of that's going to gonna
0: be quality material. So... <laughs> 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 Thank you all. We will see you next week with a special guest uh, Moxie And that's that. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.